Amen and amen. Good morning. It's good to see you all today. <clears throat> love the, every story that, uh, that that's here. I love the, the the stories of of little ones. We sang a song. One of the words I can't now. We sang a phrase of that spoke of from the littlest of the beginning of life. Now I can't even remember, but we sang a phrase that was up there on the screen to, you know, to, to the, to the end of life. And, uh, I heard Ricky talk about the joy of holding that little seven pound baby. And, and, uh, we come here and then we have, we pray for our health and our struggles. And, and today we're going to look in, uh, in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12 at, at a message I call learning from finishers. Um, because we want to finish well, uh, and uh, it's not like we're all finishing tomorrow, but we want to finish well. We've, we've lived a lot of life, perhaps, and uh, we, uh, there's, there's things that we can learn uh, from these finishers that we're going to find, and, and so in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 are our primary, uh, is our primary passage, and um, When when I uh, you know I'm I'm getting I'm getting older too and I'm I'm looking at life and I'm looking at you know it's I'm I'm at the age now where people say so are you retired yet or you know when are you going to retire you know and uh, you know that, that it, it it takes a while to get used to that but I'm kind of used to it now because I'm thinking okay I'm I'm probably three years from that magic date when I have to retire from our company, uh, as it were, uh, because we have a policy along that line, but that doesn't mean I'm going to quit, right? Um, but it makes you, you start thinking about that stuff, and you start thinking about money, and all those, all those kind of fun things to that. Um, and uh, at it, when we, we, you know, we get to a point in life when we are always thinking about finishing well, um, and uh, the struggle sometimes it is to, to be a, a finisher. So this text, I'll just begin by reading uh, from uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible of, uh, of Hebrews 12, verse 1. To be a finisher is going to require discipline, hard work, sacrifice, and endurance. Let's learn from these guys. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses sur surrounding us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. Let's pause for a moment of prayer. Oh, Father, your word is holy and true. And it, it breathes life uh, into our souls. And so, Father, we pray that you would take uh, your word today and help us to apply it to our daily life and to the practical 
of day-to-day uh, -day and moment-to-moment. -moment. And uh, we pray that your spirit would prompt us, encourage us, call us to repentance, give us new purpose, renewed life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this text kind of, to me, it, it reminds me of the sporting world. When we think of, of endurance and we think of finishing and, and, uh, and, and, and all. And, you know, it's kind of funny to me. Uh, there are people that just, you know, that's all they think about is sports. And then there's people who don't, it doesn't even cross their mind. But those people to whom they think about sports all the time, they think everyone thinks about what they think about. Right. You know, for, for, for me, uh, I do care about uh, about uh, college football. And, and I wish I could have had a better report for you today. Um, and it, because in, in my household, uh, I'm the Oregon State Beaver and everyone else is, a, is Washington, Washington State Cougar in terms of of the college grads in in the Peters clan. And um, and so. Uh, anyway, it, it was a good game, and, and uh, I, I missed the second half because I was in church. I was, I was, I, it was hard. I went to church though, and uh, came home uh, right when it was over. So, <laughs> anyway, that see, some of you know what I'm talking about, and some of you could care less. That's just kind of what I'm saying. That that we sports, and it's like, well, whatever, you know, get it out, get you know, go ahead and get it out, Phil. So you know, you can. <laughs> But there, you know, even in the New Testament, there were uh, people were, some people were interested in sports, uh, in sporting events. Um, and and we, we find the language in these verses of, of sporting. Uh, and I have a love-hate relationship with these glasses, but I, I see I'm going to have to wear them uh, <laughs> this morning. Um, In a race, not everyone wins. In fact, there's, there's only one gold medal winner and one silver and, you know, one bronze. And, and then there's everybody else. But this Christian life is not a life of, of having to, to be the gold medal winner. It's really a matter more of finishing. It's not perfection, but progress. It's more like a marathon. It's kind of funny to me. I, I have never wanted to run a marathon. But I've thought about it now. Now that I'm getting old. Now that, now that my body really shouldn't do it. <laughs> I, ha I have this brother-in-law that some of you have prayed for. Uh, uh, Scott Smith. Who, who, I mean, years ago, I mean, he, so he, he's prepared his body over his whole life to do these things, right? Back when he was in Hong Kong, he was doing the 100, I don't know, it, it was, it was more than a marathon. It was a speed walking thing, but it was like, uh, and it was in metrics. So that's why I can't come up with the exact uh, <laughs> distance, but you know, he, he's been, and, and, and I have uh, actually made some progress in some areas of, of physical fitness and and uh, I started swimming because COVID shut down the racquetball courts 
um, back a few years ago, and and uh, so I would talk to Scott about swimming, you know, and, and and I'd send him the evidence on my phone and and all of this kind of stuff. And and truth is, I have actually improved my swimming pace by 25% from when I started two years ago. You know, I'm still, I mean, I still watch these people go up and down the lap, the lanes, but I, but I swim every day now. Almost. If I'm in town, I, I, 5.30 in the morning, I'm over at the YMCA, hoping you don't come because then there'd be too many people. Uh, you know, you don't you know, want to crowd those lanes, but, and I walk a lot, and so uh, I thought, you know, I could start riding up. I could do a triathlon. Scott, Scott says, you could do a sprint. A, a triathlon sprint is like 25% of, a, of, the, of the Ironman, right? And, and uh, I swim a mile a day, and the sprint's only, only half of that for the swim, so I could do the swimming. <clears throat> but I haven't ridden a bike for years, and anyway... Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you're my counselor. I'm going to come to you some more. <laughs> anyway, I'll, sporting it takes effort, takes endurance, and um, you and I, we are in a race. We are in an endurance race because walking with Christ is a spiritual battle and so there's always resistance to becoming more and more like Christ so you know it it matters little how long you've been on the track it matters a lot if you're making progress If you aren't making progress, becoming more like Christ, what's holding you back? What, what got in the way of your progress? What's slowing you down in becoming more Christ-like? In other words, in the race that's set before you, what would God say is presently keeping you from, from, from being the finisher you'd like to be? The writer of Hebrews says in verse 1 here, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us. So that, that this reference to the, this great cloud of witnesses that's behind us uh, or that, that surrounds us uh, is a reference to chapter 11 of Hebrews, uh, where we find the, this, the list we sometimes call the roll call of the faithful, right? Uh, and uh, the, the list, the men and the women that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, they were not perfect people. In fact, if you look at that list and, and, and look at the uh, failures of every one of them, you could find some big ones. Noah was a drunk. Abraham, a liar. Samson had uh, no control of his passion. Rahab was a prostitute. Moses had a temper problem. Gideon was distraught with fear. David, an adulterer and a murderer. Not only were these people not perfect, they weren't close 
And yet they made the list. The roll call of the faithful because they stayed with the stuff. David was called a man after God's own heart. And we, we know the failures of David. David who, who, who was an adulterer and, and a murderer. But these finishers of yesterday testify to us today. Abraham reminds us that you can, you could be a liar, but you can learn to tell the truth. You can live to tell the truth. Samson acknowledges that God's power can enable you to win over passion. Rahab informs us that you can break the chains of promiscuity. Moses jogs your memory so that with God's help, you can control anger. Gideon testifies that you can face your fears. And David shows that you can overcome the worst things a human can do. Let me encourage you today in this race that you are running. Let me challenge you to finish the race and to finish it well, to don't give up. Not everyone can come in first, but we can all finish. I, I already confessed, I got ahead of my notes, but I'm going to finish, say it again. That I, I had a PR. I mean, this is crazy to me. I mean, my, my brother-in-law, I, I, I cheat when I swim. I'll, 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 I'll give you that much, all right? I use the little, not great big ocean-going fins, but I use these little, little lap-swimming fins, and they make a big difference. When I take them off, it's like I can't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> But, but I, I, I keep having PRs, personal, personal records. And, and it's, sometimes I don't know why I have all this energy this morning. You know, I, uh, because but I actually have swum a mile in under 42 minutes. Now, when I started, I was over an hour. It took me over an hour to do it. And, and of course, the next, in the same week, it took me 42 minutes once and 48 minutes another time. All right? So, so I, I'm not consistent. But, but uh, I've had, had this uh, this. Uh, personal record, and I celebrate that. To be a finisher requires discipline, hard work, sacrifice, and endurance. And this text says that these who are our examples for finishers, this encouragement to us is that we've got to lay aside the things that slow us down. We've got to throw off the baggage. You know, there, there, there are weights. Now, the, the imagery that they had was probably imagery, if you don't want to think about me in a swimsuit any more than you want to think about these guys uh, that were running the race because the Olympic races uh, of their day, sometimes they, they, I understand they ran throwing off everything. They, I mean, they ran naked because that, it, 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 would, it would slow them down when they were running their races. And so they understood the fact, the, uh, the writer of Hebrews understood the fact that, that to, to run well, you need to, to set aside the things that keep you, that, that will slow you down. I had, had to laugh. I, I saw a, a church uh, women's group this week. They had, a, uh, had their first annual, uh, I wish I could think of what they called it, but you're, you know, the, you know the, the, uh, when Boy Scouts, you know, they, they'll, you're going to have to help me with this because my, my memory just went out. 
Boy Scouts have these races where they take a block of wood and they make it into a car. Thank you. Pinewood Derby. Well, this church for a women's fellowship this last week, they had the Zucchini Derby. <laughs> Great fall events. And, and every, these, all, these late, all these women came and they carved and they crafted uh, cars out of zucchini. Uh, uh, but they had real wheels for them because they actually had the, the, the Pinewood Derby race with the, their deals. It was just hilarious. Uh, you know, and, and so to, you know, to make your Pinewood Derby car, make your, your zucchini, you, you, if you're going to want to win, now some of them went for style, I think, you know, and for, for looks, but if you're going to want to win, you're going you're gonna to want to make it slick and, and the, you know, the wheels running good and all those kinds of things. We, we have to throw off this stuff. And the writer says, the first thing that's going to slow us down is sin. There's, there's, if, if we have sin in our life, obviously it's going to keep us from becoming more like Christ. And the encouragement here is to throw it off, to set it aside, to repent of it. Sin trips us up. Sometimes it's outright sin, you know, things that we know are wrong, but we've just been unwilling to let them go. We've, we, it, it, it entangles our feet so that the runner trips and falls often repeatedly. How, how many times have you seen people get tripped up in their Christian life over bitterness and lying and idolatry and sexual sin? Throw it off. Set it aside. Sometimes that weight is besetting sins. Things that we've tried to get rid of, but it just keeps coming back over and over again. Like a cancer. Memories of past mistakes, bouts with addictions, wrongful habits we can't break are among the besetting sins that encumber our advancement. And so as as, as Pursuers of Christ as those who would want to become more like him in this race. If we want to finish well, then we've got to deal with sin. And, and, and not just, you know, sweep it under the rug or brush it aside. But he also suggests that there are other distractions that keep us from going forward as in, in our faith and in our walk with Christ. Sin is not the only thing that keeps us from becoming spiritual champions. Sometimes those weights are things that are not necessarily sinful, but they keep us from progressing. See, the, the author of Hebrews speaks of laying aside every weight that so easily ensnares us. These are the stuff of life that get in the way. What, what would that be? Well, I, I don't want to confess all my weaknesses here this morning. But, you know, laziness. <laughs> laziness. That, that, that is something we need to lay aside. 
maybe I've already called out the sports fans, right? Maybe it's the overconsumption of this good thing that keeps us from investing in our relationship with Christ. I have a feeling the Spirit can bring to mind those things in your life that are good and and they may absolutely not need to be eliminated, but they need to be given a priority in your relationship with Him. So, in the race that's set before you, what would God say is presently keeping you from finishing? Is it an addiction? Something you can't get along without? Is it lying? Is it, is it promiscuity? Nothing will weigh a person down heavier and harder to break than sexual sin. Is it anger? Do you have a temper? Is it fear? Fear can be paralyzing. Is it your past? Something that you think you just can't get over and yet God has forgiven you and is taking you forward through it. Remember remember the movie Forrest Gump? I, I don't have many movie stories to tell because I'm just not that guy, but I really liked Forrest Gump. And I, I'll still watch it once. if it come, It'll come up and, and I'll probably watch it this winter, uh, parts of it at least. And, and, and that, in the movie Forrest Gump, is, it, is anyone remember? Up. And that, and, and thank you. <laughs> and so, so you know, so so Forrest, when he was a little boy, he 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 had braces on his legs, and 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 he he couldn't run with the other children, and he couldn't, uh, you know, it, it, it encumbered his his ability uh, to to play and to to, to ride a bike and, and all those kinds of things, and and, and yet. Hey, when he was being bullied and some guy was throwing rocks at him, his boys were throwing rocks at him, he started to run. And as he ran, those braces and, and Jenny said, thank you. And, and, and he did. And, 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 and now without these braces on his knees and his ankles, he, he could run. It was, it was amazing. It may be that, that there is something that is encumbering you that God would really free you from if you would allow him to. The race set before you, what is keeping you from being the champion you would like to be? In other words, what do you need to repent of? We'll just get down to real holy words. What do you need to identify and agree with God? Whether it's sinfulness or good activity prioritized incorrectly, what do you need to repent of? You know, we're, we're, I'm in a men's group and we're studying uh, discipleship and what it means to be uh, kind of a successful or uh, as a disciple. And, and it, the Lord just reminded me because of my own uh, life that uh, repentance is a regular part of successful discipleship. Being willing to agree with God that sin is sin. 
I, I love the word repentance. You know, if, uh, if you are, uh, hopefully you're not spending much time on in Facebook, but if you're in the right group in Cowlitz County, you'll know that some people are saying we need a, a skating rink over at, uh, in Macy's. Yeah, so there's always, it keeps flying, it keeps popping up. We need roller skate. Everyone's remembering the good old days and sure that would, that would be great. Now, and, and, all that to say, I loved roller skating too when I was uh, in junior high. It was a great time to hold a girl's hand and go around in circles and and, and uh, just have a wonderful time. And and uh, I, I always thought, even back when we the, the skating parties I went to were all church parties. We had associational skate nights, and so once a month, people from all the all the other churches, all, you know, all the youth groups would come and we'd skate. We'd just go round and round in circles and and uh, have have a great time. And then there was one uh, activity they, that they did that they would play music and then they would uh, stop the music and you had to turn around and go the other direction. Remember that? And how many collisions there were? I always thought, you know, if it, on church skate night, they should just say, repent. And, all, and then you turn around and skate in the other direction. Because that's what it is to repent. It, it, it is to, to realize I'm going the wrong direction and I need to turn around and move towards God. What do you need to repent? Another phrase that I, I really uh, stands out to me in this text is that um, you've got to run the race endurance, with endurance that lies before us. You have a race that lies before you, and it's not my race. It's your race. As, as we learn from these finishers, we see that every single one of, the, of these the great, you know, this cloud of witnesses, every one of them had a different story, and, and every one of them had a, a different malady, and a different struggle, and a different, and, and uh, you know, sometimes we, we look at so-and-so's life, and we go, man, I wish I had their life. They, they've got it so good. Well, you, you don't really know. But you have a race that's set before you. We need to get in the race, for, for starters. <laughs> it, it may be that we, we, if we look at this text and we're going to learn from these finishers, maybe we have, have uh, you know, kind of pulled off to the side and, and, and decided, you know, I think I'll be a spectator. I, I, I have run, I am tired, and, and I, you know, I think I'll just step back and, and let someone else run the race. But I, I got news for you. If, if your heart's still beating and you're still breathing, you're still in this race. You, you still have progress to make and character to develop and to serve and we need to get in the race what is the race of the Christian life it's walking with God it's living for Jesus it's a lifestyle but more than that it's a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ and the redeeming work of God of forgiveness and restoration that came to us in, the, in Jesus Christ getting in the race is a decision Made that decision years ago. 
and yet we kind of wanted to be spectators. Now, I, 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 I say it requires intentionality. We've got to do it on purpose. You confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. He gives you life and hope in the future. Get in the race. Most of us have done that. But let's not be spectators now. Let's run. Let's run to win. And give it your all. One time I, I, I was in a, it was, it, well, it was a long time ago and he's passed away. I'll just tell the story. I, I was preaching at First Baptist Church back when they were over on Kessler. So this was a, a while ago. And I said, I had some, some message. And I said, you know, gave 110%. Coach Patterson was in the room. I don't know if anyone knows who Coach Patterson was, but uh, he, everyone at First Baptist back in those days called him Coach. He was Coach. He'd, he'd lived a lifetime. I think he started out um, coaching small, small town schools, and he, he was really pretty well known in the area for his, his encouragement. But he, he, he approached me after the service. He, he said, there's no 110%. Come on. You can only give all you've got, but give all you've got. So 110%, it, you know, that, well, okay. Give it all. Give everything you have to training, to study, to practice, to relationships, to Bible study, to personal Bible study, group Bible study, the marketplace, wherever we are, run to win this race. Get in it and run it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse 25 to 27, it says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. We've got to do the work of training. In first, in Second Timothy, the apostle Paul also says, chapter two, verse fourteen: Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It's of no value, and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. It takes discipline to be that guy. My pastor likes pickleball. And I was playing with him the other day and uh, we disagreed about whether the ball hit the line or not. Warn them against quarreling about words, about lines. It's of no value and it only ruins those who listen. Avoid godless chatter. Hmm. Because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. What, what is it that God would identify? So many people don't have a clue what the book says or how to find it. You run your race and run the race that's set before you. The appointed race, a race of faith 
is, a, is, not, is your own race. It's not someone else's race or a race that you would prefer. Uh, I, I had a friend, Pastor Ricky knows who I'm talking about. His name was Joel Royce. Young man who was growing in the faith and growing as a pastor. And he was, uh, had become the pastor of First Baptist Church at Castle Rock just a few years ago. And, and, and then he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And he fought a courageous, faith-filled fight. That was his race. It wasn't my race. I couldn't run it for him. And I certainly didn't want his race. What race is set before you? It's the... It's, it's the path that you're in. <laughs> that's the one that's set before you. You run your race and, it, and, and, and run it uh, in faithfulness. That's the race that he had to run. This is the race that I have to run. I've, I've, I, you know, I could give you my complaints and my maladies and my struggles and all of those kinds of things, but... But then you might want to run my race because it sounds better than yours. Easier than yours. Might, it probably is. God, I thank the Lord for the race I'm in. <laughs> but I need to run that race. I need to not just sit back. And so the Apostle Paul uses the illustration of a fight. In, in, in 1 Timothy 1.18, My son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. And in verse six, chapter 6, the same uh, letter he wrote, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you, were made, when you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We, we need a coach. We need, we need the word of God at least, and, and maybe some friends to, 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 to keep us going, to encourage us. As we go, if I, if I ever ran that triathlon, it will be with Scott Smith because he'll be he'll be encouraging me and coaching me along the way. Uh, and whatever race we're in, we need that encouragement. It, that's the value of, of being in your growth groups and being in 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 uh, fellowship and relationship with other believers in Christ who are also running their race. And then there's a word in here that I just want to celebrate and understand. Because, you know, th those people who are running their race and it looks good, it looks like, hey, that's, they're doing good with their race. It, I think, you know, they got great form and, and it, it, it kind of looks easy. You know, like they really got, they, they got lucky, you know, when, when they got that race. No. It's because they understand, they have the perspective that the apostles in this one little word. It's a, and I, I'm not a Greek scholar and I don't normally throw out, but I like to say this one. Hupomone. Okay. Hupomone or hoop. Run with endurance. No, not just endurance. Joyful endurance. Cheerful 
endurance. Enduring patience, patient continuance. It's all there. And, and the same word is translated persevere. Run with endurance, run with perseverance, run with cheerful perseverance. That is the shift that will make it look good from the other side, from, some, from outside. If you are running this race, no matter how hard it is, but you have cheerful endurance. Hebrews 10, 36, we find the same word. You, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has promised. Run with perseverance, with cheerful endurance. In 1 Peter uh, 1, 5, and 6, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge and to knowledge, self-control and to self-control, perseverance and to perseverance, godliness. In Romans 5, he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character hope. Perseverance. Hupomone. Run in such a way that you are putting your hope in Christ. I referred to Forrest Gump and how he ran the race or how he had these leg, leg braces. I, I ha had a friend, a deacon down in my last pastorate, which was a long time ago now in, in Oregon. And, and uh, he, he lived a lifetime uh, with, well, a lifetime after, he, well, half a lifetime anyway, with braces on his, on his legs. Because he, he was a shop teacher and he wound in California and, and he wound up getting between, you know, some, a fight of some sort of, with students and, and he was injured in such a way that he, for the rest of his life, he, he wore these braces. And, and it was a battle. I mean, watching him get around, it was a struggle. But he looked at me one day and he said, one day I won't have to wear these braces. One day, I'll, you know, I'll be in heaven. And today is is that day, 10 years ago today, I mean, I don't, you know, he, he's been in heaven. He hasn't needed those braces uh, for a long time, but he had the perspective in the, in, in the midst of the, of the race, the struggle, that, that it was better one day and joyful endurance. Do you have cheerful endurance or are you just trudging? Now, some days, you know, I get it. But this perspective, get in the race, run the race that Christ has assigned to you and run it with cheerful endurance. How do you do that? Well, verse two, he gives encouragement and really some instruction and we won't take the time to preach that sermon except to acknowledge it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Put your eye on the goal. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you 
don't grow weary and lose heart. Jesus has written your faith story. He's the author and the perfecter. Ours is to focus on him. You know what happens when you take your eye off the goal. You take your eye off the target. One day I was riding my bicycle with my daughter on a little rails to trails trail down in, in Oregon and I was watching, you know, as I was ahead of her, she was behind us, we were gonna cross the road and I'm I'm looking up and I'm looking back and, and, and the, 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 the road kind of crossed at an angle so you couldn't just look left or right. I was looking back this way and as I looked back that way, you know what happens on a bicycle if you do that for too long, at least I started going this way and I did the most spectacular endo I've ever, you know, I, I, I really wish I had a GoPro, you know, or something, but I took my eyes off of where I was going and I wound up in the ditch, gratefully un unscathed. At the end of his life, as Jesus hung on the cross, he was able to say, it is finished. Now that was a, there's a sermon. <laughs> but it's not finished until for us, We've got to keep our eyes on him. He endured great hardship because he saw the finish line. So let me just encourage you today to finish well. To, to, to see the, the opportunity that's in front of us as, as we uh, have uh, life ahead of us and we have hope ahead of us. Get it. Let's stay in the race. Let's, let's stay at the task and, and do it with joyful perseverance. That joy only comes when you keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Shall we pray together? Well, Holy Father, thank you for the encouragement of your word today. And Father, I, I know that I need this message uh, daily to stay on target, to stay on task, to not think I'm finished or that I can sit back and watch, but I need to stay in it, Father. And so I pray for these uh, listeners today. I pray that you would just help us to make the adjustments we need to make, whatever your spirit has, uh, has uh, brought to our mind that we need to make an adjustment to and to repent of or to make a correction. Uh, Lord, help us to do that with faithfulness and to move forward encouraged and with, with joyful perseverance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.